morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Andrew, aka the Cash Flow King, is here, and we may have Johnny Crypto joining us later in the episode, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how a new day is coming for American crypto adoption. With the largest financial firms on the planet talking about the tokenization of assets, we're going to break down the details, showing our community how many of our favorite projects are set to profit off of this financial revolution. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, we got a ton of exciting news prepared for today, but the breaking news from this weekend, in my opinion, was the Larry Fink tokenization video that we're going to play. So I'm very excited to play that clip. How are you feeling this morning? And thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Yeah, it's been very interesting. Like since we had the uh, spot ETF announcement that day after, after it got confirmed, it looks like we have some kind of reversal candle going on. And then like, you know, Bitcoin's just been kind of chilling, moving sideways. But I, I think that the talk of the town is the ETH trade, what's coming next, right? Like this Ethereum spot ETF. So we're kind of paying attention to see what happens with these altcoins to see if, because uh, Bitcoin dominance is absolutely being devastated. And so we'll see what happens when we get, when we get a little uh, of a pump in these altcoins. You're spot on, Gonzo. And Larry Fink was actually endorsing a Bitcoin ETF. And it reminds me of a conversation that me and Johnny had last week where the CNBC analyst was asking questions. And he goes, well, from my perspective, Ethereum is much more like a currency than Bitcoin. That's not his opinion. That is script from a higher up, in my opinion, Andrew. But we're going to talk about it later in the show. First of all, how are you feeling? Thanks for being here. Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever you are. Currently here from the Netherlands, 5 p.m. more or less. Yesterday I went skiing because we are here near Germany, in the ski area. But it was a great, it was a lot of snow, very good snow. But uh, you know that that's freedom. Go wherever you like, and uh, you know what. What we see on the crypto market at the moment is what we also see in the crypto-related stocks market. So watch Stronghold Digital Holding. It's a miner. Watch Block Inc. Watch Coinbase. It's going up and down. And in the Smart Investor course, look at uh, look it up at uh, AndrewCashflow.com. You know we make profits all the time with these uh, with these companies. So uh, you know I'm looking forward to a great show and. Uh, I trust it. I like your head, by the way. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. I appreciate the compliments this morning. And we got 248 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we look at some of our daily movers today, guys, it is basically red bubbles across the board. But Flare Token is up 23% on the day. And this is an article we're going to be going over later in the episode where Google Cloud has joined Flare Network as a validator and the token jumped 5% on the news. Well, obviously, it's up much more than 5% now. But we're going to talk about what this means for America, but also crypto investors around the world. When we look at our Merlin market update this morning, we are sitting at $1.66 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 49% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 42,200. Ethereum is 2,500. XRP is trading at 57 cents and Solana trading at $93. 
Guys, there's a lot of exciting videos that we're going to be playing this morning, but Gonzo, what really caught my attention is the narrative shift around crypto. We're going to break down the adoption. Rumors of JP Morgan buying XRP are back. We're going to talk about that as well. But the conversation around crypto has shifted. We're seeing the most powerful people on the planet talk about this being a new asset class that's attacking the banks. So the only contrarians to this new movement right here, Gonzo, is the banks. That's very, very important to know. And this is somebody that our listeners are very familiar with, Brian Brooks, the U.S. Comptroller of Currency during the Trump administration, breaking down how cryptocurrency, it's not a threat to the U.S. dollar, but it is a threat to the United States banking institutions. With that being said, let's hear what he has to say. Cryptocurrency does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. The core things that banks have done since the 1300s, those are going to go away, 100%. And, and let's just be clear what I mean by that. The reason that we even have banks, banks originated in Italy around the year like 1340, all right? And the reason they originated was because of a set of accounting advances that allowed banks to serve as trusted intermediaries between parties that owed each other money. Before that, literally, I would write you a note and I would promise to pay you money and you'd put the note in your pocket and you'd see if anybody else would take the note. You know, that's, that's why we refer to discounting notes. And then banks arose and it was like, you no longer need to do that. We'll take care of it for you, but you're going to have to pay us to do that. That function of needing a trusted intermediary to maintain ledgers of account to figure out, do I owe Brooks money or does Brooks owe me money? It turns out that function no longer has to be done by human beings. The same way we don't need postal clerks anymore. I can send you an email for free and it's instant and that's just the end of the post office. Sorry, but it just is. That function will go away. The, the, what's going to be left for banks is the high value add services, you know, structured finance, investment advisory, you know, uh, all of the things that make a dynamic economy function. We, we still need people to do that. There's a lot of creativity going on in finance. But the core of banking, the base of the pyramid, the thing that drives most of their revenue doesn't need to exist. And that's why I say, and I was saying to one of the organizers, even before we set up on this panel, cryptocurrency does not seek to replace currency. It's a bad name. Cryptocurrency seeks to replace banking. Just if you take nothing from crypto. That's pretty much speaks for it. That's a mic drop moment, Gonzo, because it explains everything we're witnessing from the mainstream news. When we turn on CNBC, we hear these bankers talk about the negative aspects of crypto. Well, why aren't they focused on the opportunity? Brian Brooks just provided the answer, guys. And we're about to play this video from Larry Fink, not only discussing a Bitcoin, sorry, an XRP ETF in the United States, but we're also going to discuss how tokenized assets will take the world by storm. And a lot of that is underway right now. But first, let's get your live reaction, Gonzo, and then we'll move on. Yeah, so it's an inefficient system, right? When you think about it, like there's all this friction. And so when we talk about different cryptocurrencies and uh, the technology, the infrastructure that they're building, it's making it frictionless. It's making it so that like value and money can just move fluidly, right? That's what we're talking about. And the banks are scared shitless, right? And that's why they're kind of delaying this. That's why you have your Elizabeth Warrens and their Gary Gensler in the world is because they're slowing this down as much as they can so they can figure out how they can get their, their claws into it so they can position themselves so that they can make money, right? But like we say all the time, the train has left the station and all they can do is slow it down. But like we've been talking about for weeks now, the spot ETF of Bitcoin is kind of a, a new era. There'll be the era of when we, you know, before the spot ETF and after. Now, it's a total reversal candle, right? We're going to get a cool down, right? Like if we lose the trend line right now at that $42,000 level, we're coming down, right? Probably a bull market support band. 
somewhere around 32, 34,000. So we're absolutely going to cool off. I, but in the overall structure, it's a bullish trend upward, right? The bottom has been in for a while. We've been saying that. And I think the next trade, like I said, is ETH, right? Like they're, whether they approve that spot ETF with Ethereum is not relevant at all. It's the narrative, right? It's the speculation of people front running that spot ETF that's going to make the price of Ethereum go up. And you're spot on because it's the first time ever that people like us get to front run the banks, guys. All of this money is sitting on the sidelines and it's becoming more clear than ever that it's about to enter the market, Andrew. But how and why? It's not going to all flood into Bitcoin. I promise you that. And they're not all going to want to register with the Securities and Exchange Commission. But what they will do is tokenize the assets on their balance sheets and massively expand the utilization that they can provide. It's an exciting time, guys. And a lot of our favorite projects are going to profit off of that innovation. But I want to kick it to you, Andrew, before we break down the details. What did you take away from these clips? Floor is yours. Uh, mute button, Andrew. Get, get my, my mic uh, <laughs> in mute. So, yeah, I noticed a lot of stuff. I, I noticed all this, also the smile of the, that guy was, who was sitting on the right side. I mean, it was so, so funny. So, and I think he's right. Cryptocurrency is not the right word. Maybe you should call it crypto tokens. And with crypto tokens, there you get a whole, uh, a whole area of, of possibilities. And, 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 you know, and this guy is telling us, uh, yeah, we will re replace the banking functionality, not the currency. But that's only a tiny part because... Uh, it's not only banking. It is it is brokers with with tokenizing assets. Uh, it is it is real estate. It is transport. It is it is everywhere. You know everything will be digitalized. Even your own health record will be in future will be uh, administered on the blockchain, and you will have the, the public and the private key so that you can say, okay, I want to give this information to this physician or this this doctor, and that. You know, that is how wide it's almost not you, you can almost not wrap your head around how much possibilities there are. And these are the first steps. We saw the, the, the Bitcoin ETF. Fantastic. I will see. We will see a Bitcoin or a, an Ethereum ETF. We will see an XRP ETF. Absolutely. We will see it. But also that this old banking system and the old elite need to wrap their head around it. And you see more and more people coming now into the space that say, I think I start understanding it. And we are in here already. I was just looking in at airdrops that we got from, from XRP about Flair. You just talk, spoke about it. That airdrop was the snapshot on 12 December 2020. You know, that's how long we are talk, talking already about this stuff. So, you know, there's really something happening. And, uh, and uh, better, uh, yeah, get jump on the train. Let's talk about something pretty serious, Andrew, because you brought up the, the uh, airdrop that happened with Flare. And I remember that Coinbase kept my airdrop in particular, guys. So shout out to Coinbase. I will never use a centralized exchange to participate in the airdrops going forward. And it's a lesson learned. We got 395 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is a video we're going to be breaking down later in the show. Sorry, an article where Google Cloud has joined Flare Network as a validator, and we got some updates to provide there. But this was the most exciting news I could find over the weekend, as Charlie Gasparino, a Fox Business analyst, was interviewing Larry Fink live on Fox Business. And Andrew, this was a shocking clip for a couple of reasons. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Charlie for asking the right questions. He had the cojones, as Johnny would say, to ask Larry Fink if they were working on an XRP ETF. 
Well, Larry's response says a lot. And think about this while you're watching this clip, guys. The silence is loud here. If they were not involved in an XRP product, doesn't need to be an ETF, could be tokenized assets or something other. But if they weren't involved at all, I think he would have no problem shutting down these rumors. But the silence is loud during Larry Fink's response. Let me know in the live chat what you think of this video. And here we go. Bitcoin ETF. I think the advent of Bitcoin ETFs is an example that we're legitimizing it. We're creating more safety. Well, let me ask you this. Will you do another ETF? How about an XRP ETF? I know you got e Ether out there. I, we, How about XRP? Can we, you answer that? I can't. We, How about XRP? Can we, you answer that? I can't. <laughs> and you, All right. So I can give my initial reaction. Let's start with Gonzo because Andrew just had the floor. You let me you know. What's your initial reaction to Larry Fink's response as well as Charlie Gasparino's laughter in the background? To be honest with you, Abs, like people aren't gonna like this, but I just don't care, to be honest with you. I don't I don't give it energy. Like when it happens, it happens. If it happens, it happens. My position is built. Um, I have my belief in XRP, but I'm looking for the next trade, right? Because wh whether you believe in XRP, Ethereum, Bitcoin, or whatever that is, like anyone that'll tell you that's been in any type of investment tell you that you have to diversify. So I'm looking for the next trade, right? I'm looking for the next Solana, the next Celestia, so that's where I spend my time and energy. I have my XRP position built. Like if they do a spot ETF and it goes to the moon, awesome. If it doesn't, right, and it just goes to 4 or $5, that's great too. Dude, I have a plan for that, right? It's all about having a plan. But to be honest with you, I don't give it a lot of energy. I just go into the next trade. Guys, my man, the myth, the legend has just jumped in the building and booted me off the screen. Johnny Crypto, good morning, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Give me a quick introduction. I'll break down what we're going through now. How are you feeling? Uh, abs, I'm feeling great. Unfortunately, as unfortunately, it's probably a lot of, a lot of cowboy fans who is. In a you don't, you don't sound great though, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not feeling as good. But I'll tell you what, I'm feeling a lot better than cowboy fans because you're right. Speaking about energy, guys, so the cowboys didn't give too much. But anyway, guys, sorry to hop in late, but let's hop into it, man, because I see you got some great content up here. No, no. no and condolences, abs, to all those Cowboy fans out there. Boy, that was brutal for them. I'm sorry, guys, but you may be getting Bill Belichick. Let me give you a shout-out as a New England fan. My intuition, and this is the only NFL content we're going to talk about today, my bold prediction is that Bill Belichick will be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys after they fire their coach. But people don't care about that, guys. So let's talk about some crypto content. And, Johnny, I'm going to play this video one more time just to get your live reaction. Then I've got a bunch of follow-up clips where Larry Fink is describing how tokenization – is way more pivotal for the crypto market than any ETF product that's being approved today. But about 442 live listeners, smash that like button and let me know what you think of this, Larry. Think you this. Will you do I think the advent of Bitcoin ETFs is an example that we're legitimizing it. We're creating more safety. Well, let me ask you this. Will you do another ETF? How about an XRP ETF? I know you got e Ether out there. I, we, How about XRP? Can we, you answer that? I can't. We, How about XRP? Can we, you answer that? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want me to. I do. Well, I can't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, so here's my conclusion, right? Gonzo, you provided some great perspective. And he said, it doesn't really matter, guys, because if you're a diversified investor, don't put all your bags in one, all your eggs in one basket. We get it, right? This is what we talk about every day. But let's focus in on this narrative in particular. Why do you think Larry Fink isn't willing to shut down the XRP ETF narrative? My conclusion is this, Johnny, and I want to hear your opinion. I don't think Larry Fink is working on an XRP ETF. I think that BlackRock is potentially going to tokenize assets using Ripple, using the XRPL. And I've got some evidence to show you later in the episode. But people are taking away from this laugh and this not comment that an XRP ETF is in the works. 
No, but tokenized assets are much more exciting. I want to hear your and Andrew's reaction before we move on. What did you take away from this interview? Shout out to Charlie for asking the question. Yeah, good for Charles for, for getting trying to squeeze it out of him. You know, the reality is, here's what my take is on it. I don't think Larry knows. I mean, listen, Larry's at the very top of this thing, okay? And there's a ton of things that people below him are doing to figure out what they're going to do, what ETFs, all that. And they're just going to put them out there. When they decide to do it, then they're going to feed it to Larry. Hey, Larry, we're doing this. We're doing that. Go on the air. Make sure you say this. Make sure you talk about that, right? So when he says no, it's one of two things. It's no, he can't talk about it because, you know, he can't reveal that early ahead of time, which makes no sense because everybody's been talking about what they're doing. Or two, he just doesn't know what's coming yet. He doesn't want to look like a fool. To me, it's one of those two things. But what's interesting is when in another interview, he continued to talk about tokenization, tokenization of everything, Abs, you actually posted it. And he said the biggest innovation, there it is right there, the biggest breakthrough, and he's not the only one that said this. There was another guy that said this the other day. The, nobody's even talking about this. But the biggest change for this entire market, and by the way, good morning, Andrew, or good evening. I have to, to pop you in there. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing, Abs, is the real-time settlement that not only does that apply in the banking world to us and everybody who's doing stuff, but all these trades, and think about when you apply it, it's a complete transformation of the entire system. It's going to be freaking huge. And who better to handle quick settlements? You know, XRP, certainly their name is in, their name is in the, you got to throw their name in the hat. So for me, it's very, very interesting. I don't read too much into the no. I just don't think Larry knows what's coming. But I will say this. I think some of, one of those 11 companies that are doing BTFs, uh, BTFs, ETFs, of BTC, one of those absolutely will eventually have an XRP. I, it, it won't. They'll probably have one for all the top ten, and then as I said, multiple, multiple times, like beating a dead horse, you're going to get baskets of these things coming. And the Franklin Templeton lady already told us that too. Andrew, I'm going to kick it to you for some thoughts, but I agree with Johnny because Grayscale already applied for an XRP trust before the lawsuit in 2020. Then they re rebuked that application once the SEC sued Ripple for offering an unregistered security. So. He's not making any leaps and bounds here, guys. This is a safe assumption. But, Andrew, floor is yours before we move on. Two things. What do you think? If BlackRock would be planning and Larry Fink would know about it, that they are planning to, to, to do a uh, an XRP ETF, do you think they will, they, they will tell it? No. no. They will just load their bags as much as possible, then let the price evaluate maybe in the future when they they may when they maybe announce that they will token they tokenize assets on the xrp ledger then the price will explode and lo look then they, they are sitting on a bag full of xrp that they will sell to the public so that's one and uh, and, and and that will make them a, a lot of money the second thing is what i think i want to make a prediction when will we see the first uh, a stockbroker or stock market that will trade 24 7 and i think it will not be the us but probably a, a smaller stock market but tokenization of stocks will absolutely uh, be, be, be institutionalized and then it opens the door for 24 7 just like we see with crypto trading and then if banks start understanding that then they can make much more money because they can make money 24-7. So I think my prediction is within four to five years, we will see the 24-7 stock market trading. Maybe maybe it will be Dubai, the Dubai Stock Exchange. I'm not even sure if that ex ex exists, but that, that will come, you know. And as soon as, as, the, as, the, as the major 
uh, stock market exchanges will understand it, they will follow immediately, and you know, and we have instant uh, uh, instant settlement of stock trading. That is so so stuff is coming to us. It's it's incredible. And Andrew, you know what gets me really excited is there's a quote that we're going to play in this next Larry Fink video where he talks about every stock, every bond will be tokenized at some point, and we are yet to have that massive breakthrough moment. Johnny Crypto, we got 521 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Tell me your thoughts before we play the next update from Larry Fink. This was Charlie Gasparino's response to the people on Twitter reading into the laugh that he had after, after uh, Larry Fink's response. So something to keep in mind about my question to Larry Fink about starting an XRP ETF and his non-committal answer. This is a quote. Larry barely knows that XRP exists as a cryptocurrency. He's just a little more fluent in Ethereum status in the crypto ecosystem. That might soon change, but don't read too much into this. You know what we call this on Good Morning Crypto? Damage control, guys. Because at the end of the day, if they, it's like it's just like Andrew said. If they were going to be launching anything on the XRPL, tokenized product, ETF, whatever it is, they're, the last thing they're going to do is tell people like Johnny Crypto and Abs. The absolute last people to find out without personal investigative journalism is going to be us. So let's play it fair. Take this response with a grain of salt. But Johnny, provide a dose of reality before we give the facts. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, I kind of go back to what I said. I just think... And this is me, so nobody has to agree with me. I don't care. Uh, I just think that Larry's got a lot out of his mind. And, you know, for us, XRP is everything, right? We talk about it every day. We care about it, right? Larry's running a $10 trillion company, guys. XRP isn't the top thing on his mind. I'm sorry to sorry to disappoint you, but it isn't. And, and so I'm not surprised that he wasn't prepared to talk about it. I just think if they're doing something there or not, he just wasn't prepared to talk about it. And so he's just like, no, I'm not going there, you know, and that, that, that would make sense. So to me, that's kind of more how I'm taking it. Um, I'm, I'm not worried about XRP. XRP is going to have a place to play and we're going to see an XRP ETF at some point. And in the reality is they're going to all like do monkey see monkey do, you know, someone's going to make this one and oh, they got an XRP ETF. Now I need to have one. And I think that's all of what's going to happen there. I don't think, there's any secrecy in, in, in saying, oh, we can't tell the world. Cause there's no, there's no, I mean, everybody knows all these things are coming. Wait, can They're I ask you a, an honest question? And it might sound oversimplified, but my real, the real question I'm wondering here is, do you take Charlie at his word that Larry doesn't understand XRP? I'd like to hear your response, Johnny. <sighs> you know, I don't know why. That's my, and I can even preface this, like, I don't. Because if me and you can understand these technologies, somebody whose sole purpose is a trillionaire, is managing $10 trillion in assets, you think he doesn't understand a competing product that's emerging? That's the third largest token in the crypto market. It's unbelievable to think he doesn't. But there's a possible... I'm not I'm not as smart as Larry Fink. I don't know what he spends his time on, guys. So I'm that's deferring to Johnny. That's what I'm trying to tell you is he's probably not spending 100% of his time like you spend 100% of your time researching crypto. The guy hated crypto three months ago. Now, listen, is he aware of it? Of course. Does he know about it? Yes, he understands it. And he's been fed certain narratives that he that he needs to push and tell. And he's doing those things. Now, whether he, you know, understands it and as Charlie, Charlie said, he doesn't understand. I, I don't know why Charlie would come out and say that. It just makes Charlie look bad. And it makes Larry look bad, frankly, to come out and kind of say, you know, he doesn't know. It's like, oh, this guy doesn't know, his, know what the hell he's launching. So, you know, well. They're not launching an XRP ETF. They haven't announced it, so I can't say that. But the reality is, to me, it just it added no value why he would say that unless if it were true.
But then again, they don't tell you the truth. I don't watch the news for that reason. It's the opposite of what they say. So he's telling you he doesn't know anything about it, which means he probably knows a lot about it. Guys, and I want to give a shout out to Love Stonks. She says, you're at, you're definitely as smart as Larry Fink. I do not think so, Love Stonks. And I, I think I'm the one to tell you on this one. But I love the, go, I love the nice comments. Gonzo, on a more serious note, let's talk about this update. And I'm kicking it to you for some comments before we go to Andrew. Larry Fink doesn't understand XRP, right? That's what Charlie Gasparino just stated. This is a quote. Larry barely knows XRP exists as a cryptocurrency. Well, if Larry doesn't know that XRP exists, how did his, how did his company hire Robert Michnik, a former Ripple advisor, as the global head of digital assets? This is a question that needs to be asked, guys. And I'm not even going to add my own context. I really think that speaks for itself. And shout out to Digital Asset Investor. This is his tweet, his investigative journalism. But what do we see here, Gonzo? People always pretend they don't understand XRP. It's unbelievable. They understand Solana. They understand Ethereum. But when it comes to XRP, instant settlement, how can we comprehend, right? So I'm going to give you the open floor and we'll kick it to cash flow. But to me, I don't think Larry Fink does investigative research on every person that they hire. When you're talking about the global head of digital assets for a company managing $10 trillion, it's undeniable that they did at least a background check. They know who Robert Michnik is and they know he was a former Ripple employee. That gives him credibility in this space. But floor is yours, Gonzo, and we'll kick it to Andrew. Um, yeah, you know, I'm sure he has some familiarity. Like, they, they're they they're so big that they have, like, people that are experts or that do the research and then write up some kind of brief report with bullet points, and then they fill him in. That's usually how it works. Um, but that, he, you know, like what Johnny was saying, that he's going to focus all his attention on it. He's got probably other things on his mind. And the other thing is this, is how much is he going to be able to say, right? There are certain rules so the SEC doesn't come after you so that you're not like pumping something um, prior to it being released, right? And so I think the next thing that he's going to pump is the Ethereum ETF because they've already dropped that application. And so I think when you see these interviews, just like we saw with the Bitcoin spot ETF, the next narrative is the Ethereum one. And then what happens after that? Like we want the Ethereum one, right? Right? Because it opens up the door for the other ones. Now, the, the legal basis of it is that you have to have a futures product, right? So we really need to see a futures product for whatever crypto it's going to be besides Ethereum. Once you get that futures product approved, then they can fall back on the legal precedent that was set with the spot ETF of Bitcoin, right? But without a futures ETF, I feel like we're getting way ahead of the game, right? The yep. only reason why we're all in on the Ethereum one is because they already approved the futures product in October. So if you're following the same case law that the judge ruled on, they can't use the same denial process. And so we're going to know, right, regardless of whether they approve it or not, like there's a run up coming from here to May because May is that deadline. Just like we talked about January 10th was the deadline where all these things were going to get approved. That deadline comes up in May. Hey, Abs, let me add just a, a final dose of reality here. So I've worked for multi, multi billion dollar companies, you know, hundreds of billion dollar companies. And I can tell you this, the CEOs are not involved in hiring, not even at the global digital asset level. That's going to report into the North American vice president or president or CEO. And that's who's going to make the hire, not Larry Fink. So, you know, I get, I get, I understand it's easy to sit here and say, oh yeah, he knows they hired this guy. No, the CEO is not involved at hirings at that level. And so, you know, the chances of Larry, even know the, knowing the guy's background and what he did, is it possible? Maybe, you know, maybe they've had a chat or two, but most likely 
not at that level. You know, the CEOs are, are typically one or two levels removed and not involved in hirings at those levels. So at least not in our company. So I would be surprised if he was hired, if he was even involved in the hiring. Most likely he wasn't. And again, the quote comes back to this, guys. Larry barely knows XRP exists. Fallacy. Has to be a fallacy. And I'm just using this as an example. Johnny could be absolutely correct. Larry Fink, maybe never even know. Maybe he doesn't even know who Robert Michnick is for the sake of this example. But that doesn't mean he doesn't know what XRP is. And the fact that he said, listen, listen to me. If you, Johnny, if you asked me, Abs, are you going to launch a Dogecoin ETF? Be very easy for me to say, what are you talking about? No. But if I was working on something, then I might be a little bit more hesitant to say, oh, I can't respond to that. And that's just the whole idea behind this response. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is truth to what you're saying. That's one of the scenarios. It's one of two. It's either he knows and he can't talk about it or they're not doing it and, and he doesn't know much about it. I mean, let's face it, it's one of those two. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're all reading a lot into it and wondering what's going on because they're so large and they're so prominent in the space. But the reality is it doesn't matter to me because if they don't do something, what I'm trying to say is one of these other ETF companies will, they will, you will most likely see XRP thrown in a basket of ETFs or they will create a separate one of them. We've already seen Grayscale do it. Grayscale already has a basket of, uh, of, of, you know, so they'll eventually convert that to an ETF, I think. And it has two or 3% of xrp in that basket spot on johnny and we're showing it on the screen right now guys the digital large cap fund for grayscale holds 2.5 percent of its total allocation into xrp and andrew i'm going to kick it to you for some comments this is what we're going to play right after andrew's comments here blackrock ceo explains the tokenization of everything the next step forward is the tokenization of financial assets every stock every bond we would have instantaneous settlement and everything would be immediate we believe this is a technological transformation in financial assets. Those are quotes from Larry Fink, guys. So this is not 2017. This is not 2021. This is a completely different ballgame. But Andrew, floor is yours before we dive into that content. Yeah. You know, this whole story, this whole stuff, make me think about the book, uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich of Napoleon Hill. In that book, there is a, a, a chapter which is about Henry Ford, you know, the, the famous uh, Henry Ford. Oh, yeah. And he, he was, by a journalist, he was told, yeah, you are a dumb guy. So, and then he sued that journalist. And, and, and so he, he defended himself because he got a lot of questions in the court. And then he said, you know what? I maybe only have, uh, have, have a basic school, but I have a, on my desk, I have a list with uh, 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 stripped buttons. If I have a question, I can just press a button and a specialist will come to my desk and will explain me everything what I need to know. So who's dumb here? So, and you know, Larry Fink, he is a very smart guy, maybe a little bit comparable with, uh, with Henry Ford. If he know, need to know something, he has not a small list of buttons. He has 100,000 buttons he can press. That's and right. within 10, 10 minutes, somebody will have a meeting with him, explaining him exactly what's going on with Ripple and XRP. So, you know, he knows everything what he needs to know and what he doesn't know. Hmm, he will know within 10 minutes because this guy has an IQ of pretty high, probably higher than, than we are here together. Although I'm not sure about Johnny and, uh, and Epps and, uh, and Gonzo, <laughs> but at least higher than I am. <laughs> he is above my pay grade. 
Johnny Crypto, I, I got to give you a chance to respond because that's why I love Andrew Cashflow, guys. The logic behind that argument makes way more sense than my own, right? I don't even, you don't even have to go to these examples about who they hired and all this other stuff. This is one of the most powerful men on the planet. You don't think he has the resources to figure out information when it's necessary. It is necessary because they're asking him about it on Fox Business. And guys, he's endorsing an Ethereum ETF. This will be the next product that big companies and financial firms are talking about globally. But Johnny, do you have a response? We're going to play this Larry Fink video. I'm very excited to play this for our listeners. Yeah, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier, Abs. I told you, he's going to go on these shows that he's going to get prepped. His team is going to tell him, this is what you need to talk about. This, And, and he has exactly 100% right. Everything he needs to be to know about whatever he's going to talk about. There's a staff of probably 20 or 30 to 50 people below who are feeding up his information. This is what it is. This is what you got to say. This is what you got to do. Blah, blah, blah. He's got all the talking points. He probably, he's ready to go. 100%. These guys are not, he's not sitting in his computer researching this stuff. I promise you that. I guarantee you that. That's the one guarantee I'll give you. But he's got a hundred masses of people who are doing it below him. And then the senior managers are feeding him. This is what you're going to say. This is the talking point. And in this case, what it tells me, because he wasn't ready to talk about XRP, he didn't get the document to say, this is what you're going to say about XRP. And that's why he's probably not talking about it. Very interesting. So the talking heads go all the way up, guys. But we got 586 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. This is the most exciting video I've maybe ever found in my crypto research, guys. Listen to this clip, and then we're going to talk about it. That's a very strong preface. Let's see if I hold my word. Important to be anticipating the next move. I, we believe the next step going forward will be the tokenization of financial assets. And that means every stock, every bond will have its own, basically, QCIP. It'll be on one general ledger. Every investor, you and I, will have our own number, our own identification. We could rid ourselves of all issues around illicit activities about bonds and stocks and digital by having a, 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 a tokenization. But the most important thing, we can customize strategies through tokenization that is, if it's every individual. We would have instantaneous settlement. Think about all the costs of settling bonds and stocks. Mm -hmm. But if you had a tokenization, everything would be immediate mm -hmm. because it's just a line item. And so we believe this is a technological transformation for financial assets. I believe if, if you want to talk about voting and voting choice and all the things, if we know every moment who is the owner of that stock and it's now time to vote, every individual who has ownership is identified and they could vote their own share. There you go. You heard oh, it right from the horse's mouth. That is where the innovation is right there. That's the transformation of the financial system. Coach has been talking about for years. All these different things that happen behind the scenes that nobody gives a shit about. Nobody cares how their phone works. Nobody cares how I'm talking to you right now on video. Nobody cares about how I send you an email. But these guys care on how these settlements and these things work because it's all behind the scenes. It's all back-end improvements that lead to cheaper, better, faster solutions, which ultimately lead to higher profits and lower bottom line costs. So that's what we're really talking about here. You can see he's extremely excited. This man has turned. He's made the biggest WWE heel turn in history. He went from <laughs> anti-crypto to the biggest bull in the crypto space. Abs. And you're going to see him just continue to promote and talk about this forever. And that's going to educate Lots and lots of people, and you're going to see the space. There's going to be such a massive bull run. Again, baby, we're in 1994 or 1997-ish time frame. 
all over again. It's very, very exciting. And this time, Dabs, you're not in diapers. So you have a chance to really walk out of this thing, uh, creating some serious generational wealth. You know what's always funny is when Johnny makes jokes about how I'm young, and then in the analogy makes me way older than I am. I was not alive in the early 90s, my friend. I know you were. <laughs> well, 97 you were. In the- yeah, December 15th, 1997, for anybody who's wondering. But Gonzo, let me, give you, let me get some open thoughts. And I just want to preface this really quick. I immediately thought of you when I saw this clip for one reason, because I focused it on HBAR and XLM and XRP, but this is for everything. Chainlink, Solana, the tokenization of assets, it's not going to happen on one blockchain and you're the diversity guy. So that's immediately why I thought of you, but let me get your response. We'll kick it over to Cashflow. Yeah. I mean, you could see already like Chainlink had been kind of like a little bit dormant, got down to $12 and something, and it's been running since they've been pushing that narrative, that tokenization, right? Because of CCIP, that's what they're testing out. That's what they tested out with the Australian bank is the tokenization of assets moving from one bank to another bank, right? But you have other technologies. AVAX has their subnet technology. That's not just good for crypto gaming, but it's good for tokenization of assets. We already know about XLM, right? And what XLM is doing with uh, Franklin Templeton and tokenization of assets. So anything that you could put on the blockchain that's going to be very cheap and going to move very fast they're going to test this thing out. And at the end of the day, I think we'll have uh, not tons of winners, but you're going to have a few winners there that kind of specialize. Like as we grow as a as a as the 12th sector and as this thing like uh, gets legitimized, uh, these blockchains are going to find their niches, right? There's going to be things for payments, things for crypto gaming, things for supply chains, things for like government and health records and licensing and marriage all of those things, right? They're all gonna find their little niches and they're gonna settle. They are building the infrastructure as we speak and they are testing it out. And so right now it's all just narratives, right? But I love to follow the stories and the narratives because that tells me where to put my investments. Andrew Cashflow, there's a lot that we can say about this clip, but I just wanted to show this while you're giving your your take on the video is that Franklin Templeton manages $1.5 trillion of American money. Well, they're using Stellar and they're using Stellar for one reason in particular, tokenized assets on the Stellar network. You can tokenize anything effortlessly on the Stellar network, faster, cheaper, and more secure than rivals like Ethereum and Matic. Franklin Templeton's foresight of XLM's innovations led them to file with the SEC before ever addressing the Stellar Foundation. Think about that. The product was so good. They went into Gary Gensler's office and said, we know what happens when people typically walk in here public executions but we're going to take the risk and we're going to have a meeting but i want to get the uh that's a joke guys but i want to kick it over to cash flow what'd you take away from this video yeah you know there's a lot of fuss i don't know so much about 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 xlm but you, what you see is more and more adoption and 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 indeed i would not be so happy to walk in with my product especially not last year or the year before into the sec because you know you will be killed you will be sued you come, you come with all the information, and then the SEC, yeah, very fantastic, and then you get get a lawsuit. So I hope that will change a little bit now that that the Bitcoin ETF is is approved. So at least we have one cryptocurrency that is uh, at least legally approved in in the United States. So I hope more will follow. Uh, XLM, good product. XRP, good product. I see uh, Ethereum, good products. Uh, you know, let's hope at least that we that the stage of fighting is a little bit over, and that also the elite and the banks will say, okay, let's go into adoption. You know, if you can't beat them, join them, and that's actually what we see currently with with Larry Fink. He was also uh, uh, really against 
Bitcoin and crypto and everything because they saw their their high fees uh, uh, yeah, d- diminishing. And, and But now that they see opportunities, you know, he is the, he is the biggest fan of crypto now. It's, it's fantastic. It's funny. And it's like Johnny Crypto always says, money talks and BS walks. It's just like the Italian mafia guys. But let's talk about something a little bit more serious here, Johnny. He said some. He said a quote, and I'm going to read it once more before I kick it to you and Gonzo. This quote caught my attention. It's the reason I made the clip in the first place. The next step forward is the tokenization of financial assets. Every stock, every bond. Do you know how much money that is? Every stock, every bond from the mouth of Larry Fink? We're talking multiple trillions of dollars. I think we're talking dozens of trillions, 50 Quad. trillion, 70 trillion, quadrillion. Johnny, so let's talk about this. If... If the tokenization of assets is going to happen, it's already underway in some way, shape, or form, there's going to be a migration into one of two technologies, the best technologies or the ones with the relationships. So the question that I have for you is, as we go into this next bull market, I don't think tokenized assets are going to come into full effect, but I do think there'll be blockchains like the XRPL, like Stellar's doing, like HBAR, like Algorand, that begin the tokenization process how do we know that they're not just going to do what they did with Ethereum? And maybe this isn't a question anybody has the answer to, but it's worth the conversation. How do we know if we find the best technology and the best products, why does that even lead us to believe that that will succeed? Because we've seen worse products in the crypto market get a competitive advantage before. And that's what's on the forefront of my mind heading into 2024. Chainlink, Solana, Matic, Ethereum. There's so many good projects, but we know. It's not necessarily about the technology. It's more so about the relationship. So what do you think, Johnny? Well, not only do I agree with you about the fact that it's the relationships, let me throw let me throw another monkey wrench into your question. Now, how, how do we not know? How do, so you're right. How do we not know that there's going to be relationship-based rather than best technology-based, right? That's number one. Number two, how do we know we're not going to privatize it like JP Morgan did with their own coin? I mean, the, you know, why would they choose a public chain? Why not just build a private blockchain system which they can afford to build a, you know, a centralized network on and have the whole thing run on that. That's a very big possibility as well. So, you know, just remember at the end of the day, there's so many possibilities here and and trying to guess what the future is. That's a fool's game. What you're looking at here is (laughs) you're looking at what are the technologies out there that we believe do have potential that are being used and used like Solana. Solana is not going to go away. It's a huge NFT marketplace, and it's going to be end up using for tokenized, you know, NFTs, right? You're going to, you're going to end up tokenizing stuff. It's going to be a player in the space. Will it be the chosen one? Will they use that? I don't know. They'll probably do something private, most likely. But will the will there be other systems and backend solutions that leverage some of these blockchain technologies? I absolutely think so. That's why I'm invested in these things to capitalize on the fact that some of these are going to go up. Okay, but a lot of them. They're going to bust and they're going to go away. It's going to happen. It happened in 1994 in to 2000. Okay. You didn't, you lived through it, but as a little baby, but it went, we, we had the same thing. We went up. We went, matter of fact, Amazon went from like a dollar to $125 and back to a dollar from 94 all the way to 2001. So the same thing is probably going to happen here. That's the normal flushing out process of these things dying and going away. The difference here is these things can be also privatized and what companies are going to work on private systems versus public systems? That, my friend, is the $64 million question that none of us have an answer to right now. Is how much are they going to feel comfortable staying public versus private? Or are these private are these public par- blockchains going to have some privatization of them? This is what we need to see. Hey, Johnny, do you think that one system will win 
Absolutely not. I know. I know you don't don't. But we are talking here about innovation, and innovation is going so fast. And I was just thinking a little bit. You know, I'm I'm from uh, I'm born in '64, so I've seen already uh, some stuff. I was just thinking about the video recorder. We first we had VHS, Betamax, then we have VC2000, three systems competing with each other. And what did it? And now we don't see them anymore. Then we saw the DVD, and we saw the Blu-ray disc. It's all gone. It's all new technology. And now, if if maybe a bank will have a private blockchain, I think they will not win the game. Maybe they will be in uh, alive for maybe a couple of years, and then they will be outcompeted by another system, where another system where that bank is not even necessary anymore. So they they have to to do their steps to make new products and new services, so to to stay in the game because innovation is going fast, my guys. It's 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 incredible. Spot yeah, you know, on, even Andrew. If, and even, right. even if they do private, you're going to need a connection point, right? So if they if they close gardens, they're going to need something to connect and talk and move value to the other banks, the other closed systems. So I think there'll be an opportunity there. But if Johnny's right and it does go that way, then what are we left with? And I talk about this all the time. It's the narratives, right? It's the stories <laughs> that these projects tell, right? The problems that they say they're going to solve. It is. It remains to be seen if they actually solve the problems. But it's the promise, right? That's what that's what we're seeing, right? That's what we saw in in Solana, right? With the run up, they said it was a dead project. They said all these things, yeah. but it was the narrative that caught fire and then absolutely pushed the price up. And so that's why I always pay attention to narratives. And that quote reminds me of a Brad Garlinghouse video we saw from 2018, guys, where Brad is pitching to the banks. What is the utility with XRP and Gonzo? What did you start off your <laughs> what did you start off your statement with? What was the analogy that you reminded people of? You had closed gardens and then you have, you need something so to connect. Brad Garlinghouse said, what is XRP? The liquidity between the walled gardens, guys. It's like, exactly. even if yeah. JP Morgan thrives and uh, give me another bank, Citibank, they both create coins, right? Do you think Citibank is going to use JP Morgan's coin? Do you think JP Morgan is going to use Citibank's coin? The answer is obviously not, but there needs to be a way for them to communicate. So even in a walled garden cryptocurrency phase, there's still utility for products like XRP. And Larry Fink here is just describing how all of this is token is steps to tokenization. He also addresses an Ethereum ETF in this clip. Here we go. Term, do you now expect other cryptocurrency ETFs? Meaning, do you think that Gary, and we'll talk to him later, uh, Gary like Ethereum. Will, have, will have to approve an Ethereum yeah. ETF? And is that a function of something the SEC has to do? Or do you think that all these things have to go to court first? I couldn't respond to that. I, I, I see value in having an Ethereum ETF. As I said, these are just start stepping right. stones towards tokenization. And I, I really do believe this is where we're going to be going. We have the technology to tokenize today. If you want to talk about, think about this. If you had a tokenized right. security and you have a tokenized identity, right. you, Andrew, the moment you buy or sell an instrument, it's known. It's on a general ledger right. that is all created together. Um, you want to talk about issues around money laundering and all that. This eliminates all corruption by having right. a tokenized system. Jamie Dimon disagrees with you on that, but, yeah. uh, or at least to some degree. Let me ask you this before we let you go, which is there has been a massive backlash, as you know, around ESG. You have said that the phrase ESG mm -hmm. has been... Sorry, I thought that was the other Ethereum clip where he goes, in my perspective, you know, Ethereum is much more like a currency than Bitcoin. The CNBC guy says that. I'm like, these guys are so funny. Who thinks that this man right here came to that conclusion?
going to go with the fat zero. Nobody does, guys. So he's being told, like talking heads are, to say these things. He's saying Ethereum's more like a currency. That way, when my grandma watches this show, she says, oh, I heard Ethereum is like a currency. And she comes and she asks questions. We've seen it before. We'll see it again. What's your thoughts, Johnny, before we move on to some serious stuff? I mean, <clears throat> Larry's already just projecting and telling you where the future's heading. Apps. He's super excited about the tokenization of everything. And, and there's good and bad to it, right? Because at the end of the day, really, this is leading to CBDCs. This is where they're headed. Think about what he just said. He's like, I can, you're, because you're all going to, we're all going to have a serial number or a NID, right? And then anything we do, buy this stock, buy this, buy this item, buy this mutual fund, whatever it is, it's all, boom, it's linked to you. And so the good side of it is, yes, that's actually great that from, from a corruption and an anti, you know, laundering perspective, there's good uses of the technology there. Where the slippery slide, the slope is, is when now they on the other side of going, they know every damn thing you're doing. And so, um, it, and sometimes that's not good because, you know, it can be potentially, you know, used against you, for example. And like, oh, you didn't pay your bill, then you don't get to buy meat. Or you bought too much meat today, you can't buy more tomorrow. Whatever. There's there's that kind of slippery side of the slope that, that, that everybody's concerned about. But if you apply the technology correctly, it's massive. It's massive savings and gains. And the key is, the question that always comes to my mind is, who are the companies, not the, not the blockchains, who are the companies that are going to start building these tokenization uh, products that these then companies will start to use? Because that's where the real profit in my mind is to be made. And here's another update, guys. This morning, this came from your Twitter account, Johnny Crypto. Ripple is participating in the World Economic Forum event today. And once again, I think they've participated in these events for over five years now. So just really briefly, before we got some new content to show, we're going to give an update from the IMF on their perspective of crypto. And a lot of people are going to want to hear that. But what do you think about Ripple? And this is why it's important, Johnny. We are not proponents of the WEF, yet our community celebrates when we figure out that they're involved in these types of meetings. So I just wanted to hear your perspective. Maybe Gonzo and, and Andrew want to chime in. Let's start with you. You brought up a very good point, Abs, and I think it's so true that, you know, we, <laughs> you're right. It's a weird kind of back-ass thing where we're like, oh my God, we're all excited that Larry's talking about bringing an ETF. And we're all excited that Ripple's at the WEF, even though we know these aren't, we know what happens at these events. We know these these things run the world. And sometimes not so great things happen. But the reality is because we're invested in this technology and because there ain't a goddamn thing else you can do about it, there's no point in, you know, as as, as we talk about Yusko, you put yourself in a position to invest, to create generational wealth. And so none of us are going to stop what the World Economics Forum is doing. That's pointless, right? That's a wasted energy. You don't try that. So what's the next best thing? You kind of say, how do I capitalize, right? How do you create, how do you put yourself and your family in a position to create generational wealth? Well, you watch what's going on at the World Economic Forum because guys, they're pretty damn accurate. What they always end up talking about usually ends up happening. So that's why we're excited when we see companies that were invested in going there because if you're there, well, A, you're rubbing shoulders with the big boys, all right? So Brad's rubbing shoulders with all the big boys. And, and B, you're having private conversations behind the backgrounds of how to leverage these technologies and, and see you're building relationships. So that's why when you hear us say, oh, we're excited, it's exciting for that reason because we believe it's going to put the technologies that we're invested in in a position to win in the long run. I hope that helps kind of summarize 
the excitement piece of it adds. It definitely does, guys. And we got a lot of exciting stuff to get into. So for the sake of time, Gonzo and Andrew, I'm going to start with you guys on this next video. This is a pretty exciting update from the IMF managing director that says crypto's not just money because the utility that it provides. But we already got 604 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let me know your thoughts on the IMF changing their stance on crypto. What we see in crypto. What is the IMS view on crypto in what looks to be a very unique moment for this investable asset? Our view is that um, we have to differentiate between money and assets. When we talk about crypto, we are actually talking about an asset class. It could be backed up and in that sense, more secure, less risky, or it could be not backed up and therefore a riskier investment. But it is not exactly money. It's more like a money man uh, management managed fund. So when we look at money, there we have the uh, uh, central bank digital currencies, and they are indeed a digitalized form of, of money. Is it possible to have the private sector play a role in this area? Yes, of course, private sector has played a role throughout the history of money. But we have to be very careful to inform the public about what exactly in front of them uh, the private sector has uh, placed. Um, I um, um, like the notion that we can, we can en enhance the payment systems with private sector participation. Uh, but we have to be careful not to mislead the public that crypto is equivalent in all cases of money. Let me, let, hey, Abs, let me translate that to English for you. What she's saying is we have a system which we control, which is a pile of money, and we know this new system that's been created can also compete with our system. So we're just going to tell you that that's not money because we don't want you to use that. Instead, we want you to use our system. So what yep. are we going to do? We're going to convince you that Crypto isn't currency, but crypto is an asset. Oh, except in the event when it's a digital currency that we control, then it's currency. I mean, but still, Johnny, she said it is the 12th uh, uh, asset class. Well, that's yeah. why they want. They're going to say, "Hey, it's not money. It's it's just like a stock, right? It's just it's another it's another class asset class that you trade. You could play with your funny money, but it's not real money unless it's a step in the direction, you know." Step by step, we are getting there. So it's Gonzo. Gonzo, here's the reality. People are excited about this news because these types of narratives have for a long time been speculation, but now they're hitting the open markets. Tokenized assets, ETF products, institutional adoption. These were fake narratives for 10 years that us as crypto investors were excited about. Oh, we might get a product here. We might get this there. Well, this is happening, guys. Many of our listeners, 577 live listeners joining us, show us some love, smash that like button. You are here at the right time, guys. This is the time to be involved with crypto because I think 24 months from now, we're going to be sitting in an environment where many of these assets are not only triple, quadruple, or even more in price, but the utilization is already there. And if you're not early, you're late. Wise words of Elon Musk. But let's play this video and kick it straight to Gonzo. This is James Seyfert, an ETF research analyst at Bloomberg, discussing an XRP ETF and if that's coming in 2024. Steve Stephen McClurg, a Valkyrie chief investment officer. 
you made a statement that, look, after this Bitcoin spot ETF is approved, later down the line, we could see an Ethereum or a XRP ETF. Do you think that happens sometime later this year, you know, given that we are heading into that bull market? I knew this question was coming from you because I because <laughs> we always talk about this. Um, look, I, I I think the so I've been telling everyone the way I view it is Bitcoin and Ethereum are off on a pedestal on their own for possibly getting approved this year. The only remote possibility would, I guess, be XRP, but I don't. I, I think that's not happening this year because un, unless the court case is completely done, right? There, they did. There's still um, uh, uh, they're still challenging this in court, right? It's not completely done. The SEC is literally fighting against Ripple in court. So, and not to mention part of the reason why I think we'll get Ethereum and Bitcoin, why I think we're getting Bitcoin, hopefully that tweet doesn't change anything. And why I think we're getting Ethereum is that we have futures already trading on the CME that are regulated by the CFTC, which is a regulated market. And then we have the futures ETFs, which also are kind of like pushing this thing along as well. So we don't have any of that for Ripple. So like I would take like way, way, way under on 2024, maybe 2025, but we get regulatory calorie out of for the sake of time, we're getting, we're going straight to comments, guys. So Gary Gensler would have to approve this product, and James Safer basically says the SEC they're not looking to approve this thing. Let's get thirty seconds from each of you, and we'll end the show. Gonzo, I'll start with you. Yeah. So, you know, I think the the big hurdle there is that if you're leaning on the court case, it has to do with the futures product, right? That they're being capricious, and I can't think of the other word, right? Because they already had a futures product. That's how they approved this IETF uh, for Bitcoin. And that's how they're now going to get the Ethereum one because they already approved the futures product in October. So like that's what I was saying. Anything besides that, you're going to if you're going to use the same logic and the same kind of case law, you're going to need a futures product first and then they can't deny it. But until we have a futures product, then it would have to be a whole different thing. Johnny, floor is yours. You know, at the end of the day, yes, until the case is actually done, it's going to be very hard for the SEC to approve something that's pending. I mean, that's what I would say if I were running it, right? It's like, hey, we can't approve that right now. We're still in settlement. So I don't disagree with him that it needs to be settled. The part that I kind of maybe disagree with is I believe, we, you know, we're hearing that this thing's supposed to come to a closure in April. If we get the closure that early, it maybe is possible that by the end of the year, we see something, but I agree with him. Don't bet on the under. <laughs> it's going to be closer to the over toward the end of the year. If we do get one, um, does happen, but I can't see it. it. It just can't. It can't. It doesn't make sense to have it right now while they're still in final, you know, without having final settlement. So, well, hard. Andrew, the wise words will end this show on her. If you're not early, you're late. We got 35 seconds. Floor is yours. <laughs> well, I see. I'm a little bit worried about the SEC. If you want to sue everybody in this speed of innovation in the world i think you have to you you don't even have enough people in the world to 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 coordinate and to manage all those lawsuits so i think we will see a new sec at least i hope we will see a new sec in the future with some other brains and some other positive mindset absolutely take away you're spot on, Andrew. And it's important to remember this, guys. First of all, we got 580 live listeners here. Thank you for joining the program. Show us some love. Smash that like button. The Bearable Bull will be joining us this Wednesday. We love when we get to talk to the bull. It's going to be an awesome episode. Also, guys, keep in mind, if you're not early, you're late. And all of our listeners are early. Congratulations. We love you guys. We'll see you in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, it's a shit to get a bag.